welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. I'm Jenna. And I'm Chris. And I'm Stu. And uh, we got uh, uh, an exciting away mission that the uh, crew of the Galactic Driftwood oh, went on. At least most of us, Jenna was uh, had somebody had to stay back and man the ship, right, Jenna? Yeah, I mean, you needed somebody to call in case shit went down, right. so I could like pull up with stage and holy water and like extra Bibles. Yeah, I do have that behind glass breaking case of emergency. <laughs> yeah, so we uh we uh had a uh a weekend where we went up to uh is it Crofton? Yes, Crofton, Crofton. Yeah. Crofton Nebraska, uh to the haunted Argo Hotel. And um, we're going to be detailing uh, those experiences at the Argo in our uh, second uh, episode, which will happen a week from now. Uh, this episode is going to be the start of that whole adventure. Um, and in order to kind of get us in the mood for that whole thing, we thought, well, what better way to kick it off than to start out at an animal graveyard? And then, <laughs> and then from there... It's an interesting way to describe it. What's that? <laughs> That's an interesting way to describe it. I mean, I had Pet Cemetery flash yeah. in my head at that point, yes. right? But right. then I realized they were nobody's pets if there were no humans. Right, right. That's why I chose just the animal graveyard. Very accurate description, right? So you really don't believe in ancient aliens, then, Jenna? <laughs> Didn't say that. <laughs> she just doesn't believe they had pets that they left buried here. I thought we were the pets of the ancient aliens. Ooh, right. Yeah. Good one. That's dark. That's dark. <laughs> we, we we are the border collies of the galactic pet world. The border yeah. collies. I'm trying to imagine any alien that might have Jenna as a pet, and I'm just imagining an alien that has a lot of bit fingers. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like those people that have alligators as pets, right? Or or lions or whatever. Oh, you got to take a chance sometimes. You got to live dangerously, right, Jenna? You're talking about lions and there's I'm a pixel. Yep. What's that? <laughs> yes. This is a lion. And history will back me up on this. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, our first trip, as I mentioned, was the Animal Graveyard, uh, better known to most people as Ashfall Fossil Beds uh, State uh, Park, a state something. Yes, it is a historic park, historical park here. State in historical Nebraska. park. And um, for those of you that haven't been there, um, Stu, you want to give us a little bit of a history lesson on what Ash Falls is? And while sure. you're doing that, I'll start a little video that shows 
um, the uh, the entry area when you first go in and buy your tickets, and then uh, we'll transition to showing the actual um, fossil digs that they've been doing there. So um, go ahead, Stu. Okay. Well, if you want to talk about history, uh, starts uh, back 11.83 million years ago when uh, that hot spot that we now know is Yellowstone uh, National Park that we're always afraid is going to erupt. <laughs> did. Did, in fact, erupt. <laughs> and blanketed a big chunk of North America in ash at, at varying depths. Um, meanwhile, out here in northern Nebraska, mind their own business, are a bunch of rhinoceros and three-toed horses and one-toed horses and a crested crane and got some camels, got some saber-toothed deer. Bone-crushing dogs. Bone-crushing dogs, raccoon dogs, all, kind, all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly mammals in this water hole just trying to get by and are successively buried in this ash. Um, over the intervening weeks and months, they kept inhaling this ash and getting sicker and sicker and getting closer and closer to this water hole, trying to wash it out of their lungs, out of their mouths. And that's where most of them finally dropped dead. And the ash bed was so thick. It's, it's, it's about uh, six feet down, if I recall that they were preserved um, as essentially as articulated skeletons. And it's, mm -hmm. it is, for all intents and purposes, a unique site. I don't know of anything else like this literally in the world where they are preserved this in, uh, in that state. It's really amazing. And yeah, I, the interesting thing to me is that the animals um, um, are layered in such a way that you can kind of see which ones ended up succumbing to suffocation first because they're on the lower layers and then as you get up higher and higher you see different animals right yes exactly um, Stu, I, yeah. I think there's no other place in the world like this because the way we dig and do architecture in north america came so much later that it would have been early humans that would have found any possible similar sites in europe and africa and they just would have probably destroyed it rather than preserved it you can, uh, that, there's a certain, there's definitely a possibility that's, that's the case. The other thing is that this is just a million to one shot. I mean, it's, it had to be a water hole that was deep enough mm -hmm. to get everybody to get down and for the ash to pile on top of it. In fact, as they go down this, this ash bed, even above the layer of the rhinos, they were able to find ripples in the ash indicating that there was still some water going across there as it was coming down it's 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 really a remarkable find it's some stuff's just a million to one shot that this ever existed uh, yeah, not, not something that was common around the planet nope. obviously no so well and, and here yeah and one of the um uh rangers there um mentioned uh, yeah. we kind of brought that up at one point is how rare this site was and he said well yeah, he said the other part is, he said, if you look at one of these maps and it shows the uh, the subsequent glaciation period and how these glaciers came down and basically just scoured um, mm -hmm. from pretty much Ash Falls to the east, uh, the land. And so any of that record of that, uh, those eruptions and um, similar type um, water holes where these animals would have died would have just been scoured by these heavy glaciers mm -hmm. and wow. uh, out to sea. So he said, it's just fortunate that this happened to be just beyond the, the edge of the last glaciation period. And um, so that's why we, that's why we have it. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. It was mentioned before that the animals had suffocated. Can you go back to the picture of my hand that has the ash in there? Yeah. Um, There's the animal that has my hand the, in his uh, mouth. 
right? <laughs> Wanted to point out that the, the shininess that you can kind of see in there is all like little tiny glass shards. So what had happened was, if, if I recall correctly, you know, the animals were at the watering hole because they had been breathing in this ash and it was just basically tearing up their, their throat and their lungs mm-hmm. and they got really thirsty and eventually they succumbed to those wounds. But yeah, that, um, yeah. Yeah, the ash is just very, 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 very fine, sharp mm-hmm. ground glass. Yep. And once so, it gets like, in your lungs, it's not getting out. Yeah, ima- imagine that the air is just nothing but that. There, that's all. Oh, uh, sometimes, ah! it, sometimes, sometimes it, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> on the image. Sorry, the, you better put an epileptic seizure warning or something on the. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, I don't know why it does that. Or at least some EDM music. Right. That too. We'll try it one more time. EDM, I guess. EDM. There it is. What is it? There it is. There it is. I automatically had EDM music playing in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah so you can see a little bit of the shininess there, the little glass shard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. On um, one of my previous visits, uh, Mike Voorhees, the lead paleontologist of the site, uh, he did emphasize that they have to bury all the ash they bring out because it's otherwise it, it's unsafe. It's still, mm-hmm, right. you know, 10, 11.83 million years later, it is still potentially des- deadly or hazardous to breathe in. So it's nasty stuff. Meanwhile, oh, we're just spreading it in our hands, going about yeah. our business. The day. Yeah. <laughs> in volume, in volume, in volume, right. <laughs> Chris is looking at his hand. So if you fast forward from 11.83 million years ago to 1973, um, one of the local landowners is out there just doing his thing, grazing cattle, and he sees this rhino skull protruding from this from his cliff. Mm-hmm. And he calls in the state museum, and then Mike Voorhees and this very young guy comes out, take a look at it, and they start excavating, they realize what they have there. And they do a, a great dig where they get incredible uh, specimens uh, sponsored by National Geographic in the 1980s. Um, and the, a lot of these specimens are still at the State Museum in uh, in Lincoln, you know, known affectionately as Elephant Hall or Moral Hall. And but then they realized the extent of the water hole and said, "Okay, we've gotten a good sample of the fossils available here. Why don't we try to preserve the rest of the site in situ? Because all these skeletons they come out articulated because they they were so down so far below the water and the ash. Oh, and by the way, the the um, idea of this being a waterhole is not just idle speculation. The um, the first evidence that this was a waterhole was they were able to find that this is a level of preservation. They're able to find the the remaining diatoms from the pond. To say this was an aquatic environment, people were down, were down the water, so yeah, there, there's lots of evidence that's preserved there. So they said we're gonna let's leave them in um, in situ, leave them right there. I'm going to put this little structure over it called the called they, they just call it the rhino barn because it was about the size of a small barn. And you and then we'll since it takes so long to really do this excavation properly, you know, to, to leave them as articulated skeletons, we will allow people to come by and watch uh, intern paleontologists uncover these uncover these skeletons. And so you have this this, this little structure where people would, would go around and walk around and see it. And then in the late 1990s, the Hubbard family uh, donated about a, about a million bucks to build the current structure, which is about the size of, I'd say, like a Class B or Class C basketball gym. So it's a pretty, pretty big, well, you, as you can see the pictures, it's a pretty big um, edifice. Mm-hmm. 
and they're going to keep continue to excavate in there uh, for as for as long as they can, and and leave that and leave everything again in situ in its original position until they um for you know for, for as long as they can get away with it, really. You know, in my mind, watching paleontologists work would be similar to watching grass grow. <laughs> it's It'd very... be very slow, painstaking, mm-hmm. methodical work. And you'd be sitting there. It'd be a good place, probably, if you wanted to take a nap. <laughs> Stop it. There, take a nap and then listen for the occasional Eureka. No, after I saw Jurassic Park as a kid, I used to fantasize about going out to the desert with like my toothbrush and my little pick and digging out dinosaur bones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it, like this is the perfect time to be a paleontologist or any type of like digging uh, humanities field because uh, now you have podcasts to listen to as you do it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, true. Just saying. Yeah. Wonderful podcasts like ours, Galactic Driftwood. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a highly recommended site if you happen to be out in that area of uh, Nebraska. Uh, check it out. Uh, can't remember what the entrance fee was. Does anybody remember? It wasn't that expensive. It's, not, it's nominal. And uh, you do have to have a state park sticker so you can get it one day or if you have membership already, you're, you're in for that. It's like um, six or seven bucks, something like that. It's, it's, it's yeah. nominal. Yeah, I think it was seven fifty. Yeah, right. All right. You're not a not for what you get to see it's very like like uh Stu said it's a nominal fee like they are yeah, and no matter how you know how young or how old you are there's something there that you can take away some new information that you can glean out of the the uh the stories and the history and the background and the fossils that they found i mean you know the first time we went there i was amazed that there had been camels living in Nebraska, mm-hmm. you know, or rhinoceroses. You know, you think uh, think only of that t- sort of thing in in Africa. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was great. And I guess they're are they they closed now for the season? I I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think October ninth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, we are entering the time in Nebraska where you could get a foot of snow at any given moment and that's not exactly accessible you could become you could become a a new addition to the exhibit on your way (laughs) that's probably true yeah in the rhino barn if a blizzard comes in so (laughs) yeah um so yeah so we were there i I, what would you say we were there for maybe an hour or two something like that a couple hours yeah a couple hours yeah um, so then we left there and Stu took us to, um, it's, uh, the remains of a ghost town. Um, and there's not much left, right, Stu? Most of the buildings are gone, but there was one schoolhouse, which we'll show it towards the end of the video. But, um, I'll, uh, start some video here. Uh, we took a drone so we could do some aerial footage because a lot of it's in, um, this overgrown area. And, and what uh, was the name of the town? It was uh, Venus. Venus. That's Venus. Right. entirely appropriate for this podcast, I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's uh, some aerial footage. So Stu, I'll let you go ahead and take over and talk about what we're looking at. What we're looking at? Well, Venus was, um, as a town, um, was declared. I guess it was, it was an unincorporated community. It was staked out in eight in the late 1870s. In 1879, the general store went up, and well, it's one, it, as you can see, it's sort of out in the middle of nowhere, sort of an outpost for folks who, you know, for all the local ranchers around the area to come in and 
buy stuff and drop off their mail. Uh, there's a they, there's a general store, the post office. It went going as long as as long as they could keep it going. From what we're able to, to discern, as, I'll, on, as when the video goes past it, I'll point it out. Uh, post office just wasn't very big. There just wasn't one, one, one too much to it. Just a, basically a, a building with a desk. Okay, I think you're. Yeah, if you, if you in fact, if you pause the videos a little bit and you know back it up just a just a skosh from where it was. Can you do that? Yep. Okay. Okay. Pause it right there. Right. Right there. Right there. I think what you're looking at there. Trying to I'm, find a good still stop. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've seen two structures there. Uh, the big one is the is what's remains of the general store. Oh wow. And we could yeah, you can see it's just completely collapsed under its own weight. I, there are some photos online of it still standing, but it's just like leaning over one side. And when you go out there, you realize that somebody was trying to keep it from falling over by attaching a cable to a tree. Oh, <laughs> across the way, huh. eventually the tree gave way, and boom with the with the with the general store. Uh, but the, the the little pile over to the over to the left there of the picture, that I'm I'm thinking must must have been the post office because in the remains you can still see what's left of a desk. Um, I thought it was just a shed until I saw that the windows had kind of an elaborate latch system that you normally would see in a house. Hmm. Like, well, there must have been a human being in there doing something. So I think that. <laughs> So that, that 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 was your little itty bitty post office, just drop off mail and pick it up. And then the and then there was a store next to it. The post office went out in 1959, and then the store uh, store went out in uh, 19 store held on, I should say, until 1979. In which case, it was just kind of left there. And well, time will do what time will do. I am not sure what that what that circle what that cement circle out in front of it is. I was looking around for holes to see if there's a fuel tank underneath if they were using it as a gas station but that i don't think that was the case and that's back a little ways from the road so i'm wondering if at one point they didn't have sort of a parking lot sort of um in front of it yeah mm -hmm. probably yeah. makes sense for the post office at least in the store exactly yeah exactly and that building we were just looking at there do we know what that was I, oh I, that, that looked like a residence Oh, I see. Okay. Because we, you, you know, we, when you go down the, the storm cellar, I think you may have some video of that or somebody maybe some pictures of that. There is a little storm cellar underneath hmm. um, that none of us were, frankly, brave enough to try to go into. That <laughs> brave enough so or none of us were dumb enough to go into it. <laughs> Jenna so would have done it. Jenna would have, been, Jenna would have been inside that collapsing house before we could have stopped her. <laughs> Jenna's obviously the most adventurous one of the group. Or the most cat-like one. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. And it, it, the, the existence of this town and a couple others in the area, they do speak to, you know, the cattle industry at the time, how there was, there were enough ranches going that you could have a little general store out there because you'd have enough of an audience for it, enough of a, of a population to support it. And over time, as ranches have consolidated and gotten bigger and bigger and having and have less and less manpower involved, well, little towns like this, right up. Small businesses <laughs> out there just can't make a go of it. And well, what you see is what's left. Right. Who's that guy in the skirt? <laughs> uh, Linda. You know what happened to the last person who called it a skirt? <laughs> they were killed. <laughs> Yeah, so we don't. So you were saying, uh, Stu, we don't know what that concrete circle represents or what it was there for. Not exactly. I'm thinking Do you think it was a silo? 
That's what I think. Oh, maybe. It seems well, the right you, size. I don't know why you'd put it there. I. <laughs> Seth, how did you? History is littered Picture. with. I don't know why they put that theirs. Yeah. Right. Could, could could have been. Could have been. Well, and I'm not seeing any remnants of this. I mean, here you've got this pile of store next to it, but I don't see any remnants of silo. Hmm? Yeah. Is that another concrete circle there? In the yes. What's now? Yeah. See, I don't know. That wasn't even Those really look good bigger. Yeah, yeah. Look I didn't. Even, I don't even remember seeing that from ground level. Huh. It could. It, it could well have been. There's a silo next to the school, so couple of yeah, them. There's a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're 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 probably right. That's probably what it was. Probably as the town, as they realize there's nobody's really going to do much for the town here. Well, yeah, let's just drop a silo next to the next to the store. And mm-hmm. it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, as you can see. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we do drive quite a ways uh, to get here. So that is certainly a well manicured square of trees there, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yes. It's There's kind of fun to see the area from an altitude. You can see mm. down below the crop circles. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> those are purpose purposeful cross crops. Yeah, circles. those are not alien <laughs> created. We know how those are made. Do we? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so that was a, a fun experience uh, going to the ghost town and uh, checking that out. Now, there is another building uh, that was, I guess, part of the ghost town that's uh, just probably less than a block drive from here. Um, that uh, well, we that have was the video school. Of. That right. was the school. Yeah. Um, it was just about a block away. So we're going to show that footage here in just a second. So, anything else you wanted to add about this area, Stu? Not, not really. It, one thing that is remarkable, as you can see that truck pull pull through, is really how much traffic those roads do still get. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. it's pretty regular. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's why I got some looks. We got some looks. It was it was because of the guy in the killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that's one thing I say about Nebraska tourism. Really, is there's not a lot of danger because if if you get stuck out there. It isn't like being stuck in Death Valley or some of the places in the, in the states further west. Someone will be along that will probably be able to help you out. So Yeah. You just hope it's the right person, let's be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. And not somebody that's going to lock you in their tornado shelter and send you down some skin lotion to put on periodically. What was it like? Yeah. Uh, Even you. What was it like walking through some of that? Is that pretty, looks like Prickly. it's pretty tall grass. Yeah. And a couple of places yeah. where you can uh, trip and sprain your ankles. So, you know. Oh. <laughs> For the Don't most part, that. it was all right. Yeah, we were all that... calling out, hey, hey, there's a there's a part of a foundation over here, or there's yeah. a hole into this. Be careful, better. Yep. Right. Well, yeah, that's not. It'd this be area wasn't too bad. It was actually closer to, um, the initial uh, house that we were looking at up there in the background there, mm-hmm. um, that place was a bit sketchy to walk around, but uh, mm-hmm. everything else mm-hmm. wasn't too bad. Yeah. And you didn't see any ghosts while you were there. I wasn't looking for them. So, yeah, <laughs> I didn't see any ghosts and I was looking. <laughs> the camera. It, it, it is, it is one thing to, to point out. I, one of my first big trips I took through, through Nebraska, I had people on the trip from Colorado and California yeah, I just pointed out that unlike your states, Nebraska's pioneer narrative really doesn't contain any stories of cannibalism. So <laughs> you, 
you're 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 going to be a little better off. If that's that's better. because there was plenty of things around to eat. You didn't have to eat the humans. <laughs> right. You could well, eat the deer or the rhinoceros or the camel. <laughs> or the, well, I, well, I'm remembering most is Seth's oh, reaction to the fact that there were such a thing as saber toothed deer. Yes. <laughs> I just think weird. it's a weird thing. It's like you Obviously, hear saber tooth and then deer. And those like two bits Thing. are <laughs> yeah. congruous. Seth, you need to go on the internet and look up uh, deer eating birds. Like there's no. videos. Oh yeah, I've never seen that. Like no. I know. <laughs> it's just the cognitive distance. I mean, here we are. All right. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to jump to the schoolhouse video. So the schoolhouse uh, was a uh, much more of a brick structure. So it's uh, largely still intact. So we'll start that now. Uh, that has audio of uh, Stu uh, telling us some of the history there. So we'll just kind of watch and listen. And here we go. We'll shut up now. Oh, and as we walked in, it just suddenly started raining. It had been a partly cloudy day. Rain cloud appeared overhead and it started sprinkling. The school was built in 1924, funded by Section 16 of this township under the Homestead Act. In one room, children from the ages of five to 12 would learn their lessons from a teacher on the stage. In 1949, they ate that. The United States <laughs> experienced one of the worst blizzards in the history of the country. Snow would drift upwards of five or six feet. In some rural areas, such as this, you would see accumulations up to 12 feet, creating a veritable wall of snow and ice. In between storms, the children would have class here. She almost fell through the floor there. That'll happen. Wasn't the strongest floor, but you no. know, it is old. Two boys. It's like an old organ in there. Home. Old upright. Approximately three eighths of a mile from here, nearby Venus, Nebraska. It is very nearby. On their way there, a freak blizzard struck the area. The bodies were never found. Even today, you can still hear their voices calling across the northern plains. Dun, dun, dun. None of the foregoing is even close to true, with the exception of the details about the Homestead Act. Thank you, Stu. But I hope you enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a bit of a fixer-upper. <sighs> but if you're looking for a schoolhouse, you want to be a school marm for a ghost town. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 1924 ballpark is about, is about right from the, the architecture. That's that's the time yeah. that my my homeschool was 
uh, um, was founded, but that's a that's a ballpark. So okay. it, it, it's a little too new to be have been involved in the 1888 blizzard out in the northern plains that that killed. I didn't realize until they hundreds of school children that God, um, and it was this, it was this freak blizzard. It was this beautiful sunny January day, and so nobody even had coats. They just sent, sent the kids to school, and then boom. boom. So yeah, they, yeah, you're. Yeah, Nebraska weather, you can be terribly vulnerable to that if you're not if you're not careful. But not but nineteen forty nine was the worst the worst winter we've ever had. That that yeah. is just epic. It's I mean you, I've seen pictures of drifts by the side of the road that were a bit like probably four feet tall in a school bus. Huh. I mean it, it's just it's almost surreal how much snow how much snow they got. Huh. So, so yeah, if you're if you're gonna make up a ghost story about People dying in a blizzard from that schoolhouse. Yeah, 1940 is a good good year for that. Yeah. Now we should mention if you happen to be going up to this area to check any of this stuff out, if you go to Ash Falls, uh, there's a great little restaurant you can stop at for lunch where we stopped on our way back. Uh, it's uh, Green Gables, I think, right, Linda is the name. Yes. Yep. There's See 1949 one. blizzard Holy picture. Wow. Yep. I wasn't lying, was I? No. Jeez. Game of Thrones thought they had a bit bad problem with winter, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's a good excuse to not uh, to not shovel the walk, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. something you just snope. Not today. Not this right. year. Not yeah, Every family history from every family that was out there that year have these incredible stories of just trying to survive that thing. It was just amazing. That's not. Huh. Okay, so the restaurants in Royal, Nebraska. Royal, Nebraska, Green Gables. And they have great chicken and pies and all kinds of good comfort food there. Stopped there for lunch before we went to the ghost town. Wanted to, yeah. Didn't want to face the ghosts on an empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that was uh, the first half of our trip to kind of get us in the mood for uh, the uh, second part, which we'll cover in our next episode. And that's where we go to the Argo Hotel in Crofton. <laughs> And we spend the night there. We um, uh, rented the most haunted suite in the hotel. Um, and we also played Dungeons and Dragons uh, in the lobby. And now uh, we got taken down to the basement area. And the basement area is very cool. Um, a lot of uh, great restoration down there. Now, the basement, they say. Oh, uh, save it. So, well, yeah, <laughs> save it. We'll cover it in the. Oh, in yeah, the yeah. Surprise. Right, right, right. So, yeah, something to look forward to for the next episode. So, anyway, uh, anybody have anything they want to add uh, before? A special we... thanks to Stu for yeah, yeah, yeah uh, very good job. Yeah, Thank you. Never Stu. would have known about any of this if uh, I know, right? Yeah. Stu hadn't known where to find stuff and where to uh, tell mm -hmm. us how to get there. Well, the right. other thing you'll see, by the way, if you go out to that ghost town, is uh, there, um, it, there, I, which I didn't even realize again. Again, I've. Just a little background on my life. I've been doing the Nebraska passport crisscrossing the state since, you know, for the last, you know, 14 years or so. And I did not realize that there was a reasonably substantial little Amish settlement in the area of that ghost town. Mm -hmm. um, this being relevant that when I went to scout the area for, uh, for the podcast, um, I ran, we ran into a stand by the side of the road selling various and sundry canned goods and other stuff. And so I, Ended up buying a jar of cinnamon pickles that I hadn't seen since my since the days my grandmother was canning. Um, so yeah, if if you go up there in the spring or summer, uh, watch out for the Am Amish stands, and they're just wonderful. Great folks. Uh -huh. 
right. Watch out for the Amish stands. They strike <laughs> without warning. <laughs> Invading your house with canned goods, Seth. <laughs> One of the best invasions. Thank you all for watching. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, this program. I'm sure you'll enjoy the next one. We had a lot of fun fun there at the hotel, and I uh, can't wait to tell you all about it. So uh, we will see you next week. Until then, take care and be safe out there. Bye-bye. Courage. <laughs> Oops. Oh. Well, we're all still here. <laughs> I love they can all still oh. see us. Ah! <laughs>